Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. Yes, we are indeed back at it. If you have any kind of a real estate question you want to ask the guys, now is your chance, either by phone as usual or by text. The phone number, before we say hi to Chris and Andy, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Again, this is the Real Estate Show your questions on that topic uh, always welcome every week. Morning, guys. It's uh, you know morning. almost Christmas. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas to you and your families and all that. Once in a while, we see your families here too. Absolutely. Or State Fair. Yes. Things like that. Uh, what was the week like? I uh, am I correct saying it was a little slow? Yeah, you know, it was, no, it was a lot of stuff happening no. out there. I mean, there was uh, between the um, the Feds uh, doing their interest yeah. rate increase on lending. Didn't affect mortgage rates at all. Actually, mortgage rates softened because of the stock market. And it was uh, so all kinds of things were happening. But ultimately, it stayed pretty good for the buyers that are out there, you know, for, you know, the uh, mortgage rate uh, levels. And um, traffic was good this week. Actually, we had I've it's the busiest I've seen in probably 60 days where people are out looking. And I don't know if it's the holiday inspiration of shopping or if it whatever it is, or it's just the I want to get this done before the end of the year. But. We had a very, very strong week. Good. That's yeah, good and hopefully to hear. we'll see it too. Uh, I kind of lost my voice. I yeah, you sound like Barry White. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> maybe I could sing in an – well, I forget. Um, but uh, hopefully I'm thinking later next week and into that weekend is going to be good too because people are off. And That's then, true. But they are – Andy's exactly right. There's a, a ton of action happening. We had a mm-hmm. house that we put on. Um, actually, it was one of my houses – uh, and we we fixed it up, but we didn't quite do it all. And I didn't kind of go look right before we put it on, and it just wasn't quite done. But we mm-hmm. had like twelve showings and three offers right away. And uh, so I, but the offers reflected what wasn't done. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, we're not we're not going to do that. So I actually took it off to make sure that all that stuff was done. And um, it's crazy. They they keep calling me over and over again. Hey, when's that coming back on? You know, because these people are trying to get something. Mm-hmm. Hey, my people are still looking, but it's like, let's go, let's get something. So. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. That's we're same kind of a market we're seeing up on the north and 
Well, the whole entire North Market, we're seeing, uh, you know, showings were good this week, and we were seeing that there was, there's still a need, I, I find to be interesting, is that they're looking for turnkey, everything done, um, we'll, we'll even pay you a little bit more for it, just make sure everything's done for us. So it's a, uh, you know, for those of us that have those well-kept, well-maintained homes, it's a wonderful time to consider selling because the you'll be rewarded for all your hard work for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Uh, texter said this, or says this, is we buy ugly houses a legitimate consideration? You've kind of talked about as-is selling before. Yeah, they've been around probably the longest. I mean, there's been a lot of newcomers to that arena this last six months. I mean, everybody that listens to the radio knows that. I mean, everybody. And, and, you know, God bless them for doing it. You know, they're uh, (laughs) probably employing a lot of people here. Um, But the idea there is that the We Buy Ugly Houses is a brand. It's, It's a company that buys houses that need, obviously, just like the name says, need a little help. Um, they make you uh, a very fair, I you know, offer that reflects them having profit on it. Um, some people would consider it to be, you know, um, wholesale or you know, and and I don't know individually. You you may win or lose based on you know what your house condition is. I I don't like to talk on behalf of any other companies. Chris and I actually just talked about this this morning. We've mm. talked about bringing a bunch of those companies in to actually strategize and talk to the consumer because we almost every week get a text on that topic of hey, what's a True. guaranteed offer or what is a um, you know, we'll make you an offer within so many hours, or if we don't sell it, we'll buy it. And what does that mean? And ultimately what it means is if someone else is taking the burden of the sale of your house, they're going to be handsomely rewarded for it. So generally you're going to, I would say anywhere from a 15 to 25% discount on what your house is worth as it is, as it sits. I had uh, two circumstances this year that um, they brought in someone like that mm-hmm. uh, to be able to give them a, a a price on their home, and uh, at both times I ended up buying that house, mm-hmm. uh, the two houses, because, <clears throat> I mean, they were very good values. I mean, mm-hmm. for me to be able to do it, and basically I gave them, you know, a couple thousand more than what the other people were to do, and it was a it was a very good uh, investment. So, you yeah. know, they've got to make money. You, they they've do. got to make money, but it does. It does serve a purpose in mm-hmm. that if people want to get out and got to go quick, this is this is a way in which to do it. You know, they have cash and mm-hmm. a lot of people and a lot of realtors. I mean, call any realtor, if, even if we don't say, hey, we're guaranteeing your sale or whatever. There's a lot of realtors out there that are willing to buy houses or mm-hmm. they have Including investors us, lined yeah. up to be able to purchase. Well, I was going to say, I just affiliated myself with a group this week that actually will take an appraised value and pay a percentage within that price of, of what appraised value is. So there's good wholesalers out there too. And I think that, you know, I, and like I said, I didn't want to get specific with the name because that sure. is somebody's actual right. business name. Right. And I think they've been around a long time and have a great reputation, I assume. And um, so we, we didn't want to talk specifics, but yes, there are lots of, uh, Chris and I can introduce you to several ourselves too. What about, and you guys have addressed this uh, question before, uh, uh, careers in real estate, and you've even looked for good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the situation like? Is there an overabundance of real estate agents? Or well, is there, is you there... know, I mean, as far as real estate licensees, I mean, half of the licensees don't sell a house. Well, half. Half. Wow. Half of the people out there that are licensed don't sell a house. So I think there's a lot of them out there, but I don't know if they're they're too active. <laughs> Let's well, just say that. No, and I think that everybody says, well, hey, I live in a house. I could sell these. Yeah. Right? I mean, just like I drive a car, I could sell a car. There's an art to it. And I think that if you have the passion and you – um, really strive to have the knowledge to help people and, and use that, you know, 
um, ability to help people save money when they're buying and help them make more money when they're selling, and you take that vow, I think that you're, you could become a fantastic addition to our industry. Um, people that are in the business that are not necessarily selling that thought maybe it was easy to get into and there'd be easy sales, well, how does that work in any industry right now? I mean, it, it just doesn't. Those kind of industries go away pretty fast when something's easy, right? So nowadays, I think you really have to prove yourself and your worthiness and your to be to be a valid option for people. Plus, as you've yeah. said before, it's not a uh, Monday through Friday nine to five and three hour lunches and <laughs> things like that. True. You, you 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 you're working in some cases every day. Yeah, but yeah, it can be real flexible too. Um, I remember, and I say this all the time, I, my 23-year-old son, when he was five years old, I came an hour late to his birthday party, his five-year-old birthday party. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, never again will that happen. So then I put all my kids' stuff on my schedule, and then that's what I Family did. Family first. Then. Yeah. and then But everyone's fine with it. You know, they, yeah. they work around your schedule. So it's uh, it's 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 been good. 20, well, 29 years. Th- oh. This conversation actually happened, Denny, that in, in any business when you're getting started, you know, you're sometimes – um, enthusiastic trying to get that first customer to work with you. And so you'll sometimes work with customers you shouldn't, meaning that maybe they don't meet your criteria for time or, you know, they'll, they would be mad at you for missing, you know, that listing yeah. opportunity or whatever. And then aligning yourself with buyers and sellers that actually understand who you are and what you stand for. It takes years of, of being in the business to get to that point. But, you know, it's, it's, we have this conversation with the new agents all the time, and they'll, they'll pick up that buyer that shows them 50 houses, or they go out and show 50 houses in a row, and then that person doesn't use them to buy a house, for an example. And then you, you feel sorry for the agent, but then I, from the other side, from a learning perspective, say, well, what were you not listening to, or what didn't you show them? Or, you know, taking that time to be honest with people and saying, hey, what am I missing here? You've looked at 10 houses, and nothing has, you know, struck your interest. What am I missing? And, and taking that time to be honest with your customers, I think is, I mean, it's, you'd think it'd be obvious, but I think a lot of people are intimidated to talk to their people in an open format. So. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, are there any situations where you uh, have interviewed somebody has invited you to their, your, the house as a possible client and you thought your gut feeling right away was, no, I don't think so. I mean, have you had to turn down or oh, yeah. not accepted? Does that happen often? Yeah, and I think that's it's best for both sides, really. Oh, I'm sure. You know, and it, it's kind of like if if it just doesn't mesh, and um, I've seen it a lot where there, it's an it's an argument every time you, you're saying something. It's like, you know what? Sometimes it just maybe you just don't mesh, you know, yeah. or you've mm-hmm. got a different idea of how it does, and you know. So setting expectations, I think, is real important. Like you said, being honest is the key. Well, and you, Danny, you'd be surprised. There are some people that will present you with what they want you to do for them, and they'll say, hey, I'm going to sell my cabin, but I want half of it in cash so I don't have to pay taxes or I don't have to – the stuff that we hear is unbelievable. And we're like, I can't be part of something like that where mm-hmm. we're doing tax evasion. Well, I'm not doing that. I just don't want to pay the taxes. I go, yeah. that's tax evasion. You know, so there's been situations where we've had where we've had to literally walk away from the transaction – and and even though we have the buyer ready to go or the seller that's lined up and it just you really have to take this run it like a business follow the rules and and have the like i said the the mission is to help the customer right yeah. give them the best situation that's possible for them based on what they're looking for and and then you'll uh, you'll do well in this industry i think yeah we're just i mean today yeah texts and phone calls we're going to Take them. That's what we're going to do. Oh, that's the, all right. All right. Yep. So the listener drives the show. All right. Uh, let me give the as we head to the break. If you have any kind of a real estate question, now's your chance. Talk to the guys six five one nine eight nine nine two two six or uh, send a text eight one 
800-242-8807. They're kind enough to spend some time with us every Saturday. We appreciate their uh, their expertise. Call us or text us here on News Talk A3-O-WCCO. Temperature 25, heading for 31. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show. If you have that kind of a question, uh, you can call it in or text it in. The phone line, there's one open at 651-989-9226. If you want to send a text to Chris and Andy, that number, 81 81- Eight zero seven eight one eight zero seven. We were talking about becoming an agent, or if that's uh, still a viable thing for folks. And uh, Chris, you said that roughly half have not sold anything in the yeah. last year. Well, yeah, they just have their license, and, and maybe that the, the next year they might sell one. Yeah, you know, and the other person won't sell. But yeah, but it's well, and, and in all fairness, too, I think some people have their license so that they can manage like rental properties or oh, whatever. And they may yeah. not ever have a sale. Yep, but. So it's a means to an end then. Yeah. Uh, text, on la- the, those lines, uh, where do, Texter says, where do people go to get the required schooling to be an mm. agent? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's, it's, it keeps changing, but it used to be Kaplan. I think it's. Uh, yeah, that's the big. Uh, yeah, it's the, the big one. I mean, if you just Google it, you'll mm-hmm. find it. But uh, it basically takes 90 hours and then you have to do 30 more hours by the end of the year. But you take a test. It's a state and federal test. After the first thirty hours, mm-hmm. you take then you take the test, and then you get your remaining uh, next two weeks, and and you're ready to go. Mm. Really, it's kind of uh, it's not a lot of schooling, but they've made the test harder. So I've seen a lot more people um, not yeah. pass that test. Mm. So. Well, and in where they're very bright in other industries too, where they come in because it's just it's again it's it's such a specialized test, which it should be. You know, um, we've we've often talked about that too, raising the bar and having different credentials that are actually issued by the state, so you can, you know, have different. But it, the hard part about it is, is that the industry's been, um, it, it's survived based on its size. You know, National Association of Realtors. I don't remember how many millions of members they have, but it's huge. And they're, a, you know, even with their pushing, you know, the uh, legislation and things like that with with protecting homeowners, and they. They do so much more, too, behind the scenes. And so the, the numbers of the people make a difference for them. And so they don't get exclusive because exclusive would mean less members, less money, less whatever. And so I think that there's, um, you know, a, a bigger pool of people that they work with. But um, look at credentials. Look at, you know, how many years they've been in the business. Look at how many transactions they've negotiated. Or even a newer agent, if they've joined a team, for an example, which is something I think is a great way to get into the business, because then you're plugged into having experience and you have person, you know, or, or people that you can go to that have negotiated hundreds of deals or, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so now you have your enthusiasm as being a new agent in the industry and you're, un, you know, you, you're, you're completely devoted to that customer success and you have experience. So I think actually sometimes the new agents can be refreshing yeah. and, and very good option. And, and nowadays, I mean, to be on a team, that's also for marketing because um, what happens now is a lot of people can find out what agents are doing. If you go online, I mean, you can go into Zillow and find out, I mean, as long as people did their profiles, right, and and claim their listings Mm -hmm. of how many houses someone has sold, you know. So if all of a sudden it pops up and it says you've sold one house, I mean, people sometimes have a problem. Well, and there's also some people that when you have – this is another, Denny, this is something I want to point out since you brought that up, Chris – that they'll tag everybody on their team's sales as theirs. Right. And so it looks like one agent sold 800 houses when there's <laughs> no way they could possibly do that. So, But it looks like that person sold 800 houses huh. or 500 houses, and they, they just they don't. I'll tell you what. I know we have to break here, but I want to grab Connie's uh, phone call in Minneapolis and uh, get that answered. Connie, thanks for waiting. What is your question, please? Hey, I'm uh, of retirement. A lot of my friends are <clears> – <throat> or several of my friends are selling their homes – and buying into 
condo or into co-ops uh, for 55 and older. And can you tell me the difference between a co-op and say just a condo or a townhome as far as legal real estate, what what you own in a co-op as opposed to the other two? Andy's going to have to do that. I don't. I don't deal with co-ops. Yeah, a lot of real estate agents don't. So with with a uh, a condominium where you're buying the actual, you know, inside of the apartment, and it's you're not limited. There's no rules for appreciation or devaluation. So you can buy. Let's say you buy a a condo downtown. You you bought it at the right time. You paid two hundred fifty thousand for it. Now it's worth five hundred. You get to make that appreciation. With cooperatives, it's a limited upside. Um, or downside for that example. So you you would let's say um, you bought a, a five hundred thousand dollar condo downtown. If there was a cooperative, you might put two hundred thousand dollars down, and then you have a higher maintenance fee that covers the cost of the building and the maintenance of the building. And then when you sell that unit, you get that money back, but it might it might be limited to a certain percentage that you can get back. And I'm not an expert on that. I've had personal friends and family that have experienced that, and they're all a little bit different. So what I would say is this. It, it costs you a couple hundred dollars to consult with a real estate attorney to review everything for you. A lot of times real estate agents aren't involved in cooperatives because they don't pay commissions. And so there's, you know, there's, it's hard for somebody to go in there unless you offer to pay them. Um, they could then provide that service for you. I'll tell you okay. what, go ahead. I was go just going to say, and isn't it kind of almost like a, a co-op is almost like securing your place to rent for a long time rather than being kicked out. Well, it, it, it is. It's like, a, a it's a great opportunity, Denny, for somebody that, let's say that you don't have the $600,000. I'm looking at some of these that are beautiful ones that are being built up in Champlin and they're like the value of building that unit might be five or 600,000, but they're only putting down two or 300,000. And then like Chris said, it's almost like securing your rent, you know mm, what I mean? Or whatever. Sure. So, so it's, you don't it, get kicked out of your lease. Correct. Really, yep. Yeah. And then if you have limited down payments, there's other cooperatives I've seen where I helped. Uh, uh, this was ten years ago, but it was like thirty-seven thousand dollars to get into a cooperative, and then the, but the fees were higher, so then it was like paying rent. So. All right. I tell you what. Let's take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go. So if you didn't get in to ask your real estate question, we still have time. And good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show. If you happen to have a real estate type of question, today's your day. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Or send uh, Chris and Andy your text, 81807. We have a few of those. There we do. Don't we? Yeah. That number, by the way, is 81807. In fact, we've had enough that it's uh, scrolling right along here. Um, do-do-do. Which one? There it is. Would seem that if a house bought as is, we're talking about the other topic that we opened the show with, uh, they would proceed with flipping, which is not likely the quality of contracted work done for a homeowner. You can translate that. Uh, I think what they're saying is they're just trying to make a dollar, so maybe they wouldn't make the right decisions, right? I, I, you know, and if there was two kinds of paint, they'd pick the paint that was lower cost that got the job done versus the durable paint or the better cabinet with the better drawers. And you're a thousand percent correct with most flippers; they do make decisions based on just nice enough to get you uh, what you're looking for. Because I'll be honest with you. Most people shop price, and so they say, wow, look at how pretty this house is, and let's get them down on the price. Well, that's they're used to that strategy, so we kind of created our own monster as a consumer. you know. True. Uh, again, that text number is 81807. You can call us. I didn't give you that number, did I? 651-989-9226. Uh, texter says, I've been trying to buy hunting land in western Wisconsin and notice much of the sales don't hit the MLS. What's the best approach to buying land? Can you speak to that generally? Yeah. I, the thing I would do is I'd start talking to the egg lenders out there, like Eggstar and some of those other big lenders, 
and let those guys and gals know that you're looking for some kind of a piece of land that you'd let them do the, the financing on, generally they will hear about things before anybody else does. The other thing is estate attorneys, things like that, you could send out a few letters and just say, hey, or even send out your own letters. If you have a couple specific pieces of land you're looking at, and sometimes that helps win people over when they you know, have a soft heart for you, when you say, hey, I'm going to buy this to have a legacy here, and I'm going to you know, have my family, I'm going to build a cabin, this is going to be my, you know, my future family's. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, know? is that what it used to be like you would uh, have to get a hold of a realtor to be able to find, you know, a house before everything was online. And I think that's really what land is. I I would recommend that if someone's looking in that area, find the person that knows that area mm-hmm. and hire them as your realtor, not just sit on the Internet and try to find everything because th- we do. Agents do know that, but they've you got to understand that we have contracts with certain buyers. We have to give it to those to our buyers first, you know, yeah. our first opportunity. And so, and if you're one person that's trying to, you know, play 10 realtors, you know, mm-hmm. that you're going to get the deal because you think you're going to save commission, it's how you lose out on a lot of deals. So I think sometimes in, in those land deals and that kind of thing, find a person that's around that area that knows the area yep. and, and say, hey, I want to work with you, exclusively with you. Let's go find something. And mm-hmm. I, bet you, I bet you it'll change. It goes a lot farther, a lot faster, too. I mean, I think that what you're saying, Chris, is right on the money because they know what's happening and there's... So, I mean, even in our business, Chris, in the areas that we work frequently, we have people that will say, I'm not going to sell now, but in five years or less, I want to sell my place that has 20 acres or I'm on the river or I'm the lake or whatever. And so in the back of our heads, we have those resources that aren't really put anywhere to file to have people look at. So it is, it's experience and it's uh, a lot of times it's a networking that really can, in that situation, get get, uh, some success for them. All right. uh, Text number is 81807. Getting a bunch of those. Uh, Can I, here's one. Can I still get out of my agent's contract if I don't like them or I feel they are not doing their job? What's a situation like that? Chris, what, what is your policy on that? Well, it's a con- I mean, it's a contract. Yeah. I mean, if someone doesn't like me, I, I let them out of it. But, me too. I mean, it's, it's a contract. I mean, you both signed it, and uh, it's a valid contract. So I think if, if I was having a problem um, with that agent, uh, a lot of times people go to the broker. Absolutely. And then sometimes the broker, because you got to remember that contract is with the broker. It's not with the agent. Mm-hmm. So if I work for Remax Preferred, every contract I do is under Remax Preferred. So the brokerage might say, "Hey, you know what? Chris is kind of a yeah, he's not a very good guy. So <laughs> let's put you with Andy instead, and mm-hmm. and maybe do that. So they can so you're not breaking a contract, but maybe you're getting the agent that is better fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the representation you really wanted in the first place. And so there are times I've I've seen it happen where people will come in and say, you know, we didn't really know what to do, and we walked into this house and they said, hey. If you want to look at other houses, you have to sign this contract. And so the the other thing I would say is this, is that the contract is actually with the agent and, and, the, and the buyer or the seller, right? So if, if somebody doesn't disclose agency, which is a whole other argument to be had, because we've had that happen too, where people will come in and say that they don't have a contract and they really have, it just be transparent. I think it's the easiest thing to just say, listen, I don't want to work with you anymore. You don't want to work with me. Let's let's dissolve the relationship and let let's move forward. And I think that's the easiest way to approach it, Chris, is the broker. Again, eight one eight zero seven. You're going to say something, Chris? I was just going to say that someone sent in something. Kind of gave a little plug to to Weiss Realty over in Western Wisconsin. Oh, okay. They deal almost exclusively with hunting in hunting land. Weiss W E I S S. Thank you very much for that. Uh, te- we were talking earlier, if you just join us, uh, about real estate being a realtor as a career, and or finding a realtor. The questions like that. How do you choose? Texter says. 
uh, as a new realtor, where to go to work? Boy, that's a fantastic question. I think it really fits who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's places. I mean, if I was to do realtor, I would want to go somewhere that there's there's some training. There's some training opportunities. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, if you're a new agent, you got to know knowledge. Get knowledge down. And then I always tell people, go look at houses. Mm-hmm. Go look at houses as a new agent. I mean, you go up to a door and you don't know how to unlock it or get the lockbox open. Yep. I mean, the first impression is not very good. Yep. So go look at houses. And then if you don't know what a furnace mm-hmm. is, you're going to learn what a furnace is because mm-hmm. we're expected to know all of that stuff. Yeah. So I think it's real. And then get different styles. And that's and I, a lot of new agents don't. But it, get out there and look at the houses. Everyone spends too much time mm-hmm. on their computer looking at houses. You're, you're a thousand work. percent right. I even say let's make an offer on that house, even though, you know, you don't have a buyer per se. Let's. You actually write the offer, go through the efforts, I'll give you the scenario, and then sometimes just writing that out makes you think differently when you're with a consumer the next time because now you're thinking about what's coming ahead in the contracts, like what what topics are we going to be talking about will make you a better real estate agent with addressing things as you're showing properties, for an example. It makes sense. It's funny, though, when you when you say that. That's what I was I, – I never like to look stupid, you know, so I want to know everything. Well, it took me almost seven months to sell my first house when I got mm-hmm. in the business. And my mom and dad were both in real estate, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what the heck? But when that first one came, it was kind of like, oh, my God. And I ran to my dad and said, you do it, you know, yeah. but, uh, because, like, you, you froze. So that's a great idea in, in which to be able <laughs> to do that practicing. Uh, here's another text again. A lot of folks like that uh, method. 81807 is the number. What type of homes, Texter says, are the uh, ones – that are selling this time of year, do you wait to sell that that have a home that is meant for one more? Something with family or children because it, it disrupts like their school. Uh, for yeah. family with children, that yeah. means disrupting oh. their schooling. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you know. To the you, time of year question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really depends. I'll tell you, it's pricing segments. I seriously, I mean, some people, that whole hey, we got to get them in before school starts. Mm-hmm. It's just not as prevalent anymore. It just isn't. People are – there's opportunities. I think it's when um, – I mean, it, it made sense back then, but now a days, I mean, there's people – there's so many different types of schooling people are going to. Well, I mean, I remember when we were moving, I moved 19 times, you know, and we had our kids. For, le- for legal reasons, of course. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> kept changing my name too. It's weird. What is my name? No. But uh, anyways, but we kept our kids in one school, and then we – you know, we drive them, you know. That's so funny. I'm sorry. Um, National Association of Realtors did a home survey this year, and coincidentally I have it sitting here, and they said, what are the considerations? They were interviewing buyers that were out there. What are your considerations when choosing a neighborhood? And 25% of them were choosing that they were getting closer to friends and family. 24% was proximity to their job or their commute. Uh, 20% was schools. So that's an interesting thing. So it was more about the family getting closer yeah. to the family than it even was about the schools. And then uh, fourth was uh, parks, trails, dog parks, which was about 6% of the buyers that considered. 6% were looking at entertainment, activity, shopping, et cetera. 3% were walkability, and 3% were access to public transportation. Now, this is nationally. This isn't Minneapolis. I'm sure we'd have more uh, different skewed numbers here. I but bet, it's, yeah. it's interesting. So they're saying like a house with five bedrooms, do you put it up for sale now? And I say if the timing's right for you now, there are buyers out there that will buy that house. All right, tell you what, <clears throat> we have more text messages coming. Uh, let's take a break. Yeah, we're we going to get to them, too. Yeah, we ones. will indeed. Uh, 81807 is uh, is a text number. It's 25 degrees here on CCO. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO Radio. Chris and Andy in studio answering your real estate questions by phone or by text. 
And guys, as you can see, we have a, a quite a quite a few text messages. You want to? What should we go yeah, for? Let's you go ahead. Is there a preferred time of year to sell your home as is? I'll tell you what. I would if I do a preferred time. I would do it in the winter with snow because that covers up a lot of the yeah. landscaping. That might be a problem. As a seller, yeah, this is the time you can hide the most if there's snow. But if you're a buyer, do you think this is a good time to buy too? As a buying your as is properties, Chris. I think anytime. I mean, if you're, mm-hmm. I mean, the the flippers, the investors, they're they're buying all the time. I think it's just a, what the opportunity is. Well, and there's a lot of technology out there too with the different, you know, aerial photography, bird's eye views, and whatever that are out there. You can kind of check and see if there's a bunch of junk in the yard or what's there. So, another text says, "What percentage of the commission does an agent get, and what goes to the agency?" That's that's Ooh. negotiable between the brokerages. You know, there's some people that. Uh, in in real estate that we pay to work there and then we get a higher percentage of the take, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's other companies that it's, it, you know, it could be split 50, 50 uh, between the broker. More. Yeah. Even more uh, between the broker and the salesman. So and it also depends the more sales you get, yep. the more percentage that you end well, up Well, and getting. Danny, I think that there's two with that going on to the different brokerages. They offer different value, right? So they, if they have free quote, free training, um, but you have to pay a higher split, but now you feel like you're getting the tools that you need to be successful. I think that's a good fit for you. On the other hand, if you're like, hey, I'll get my own education. I'll pay for my own stuff. I just want to pay a rent where I pay a check per month, and then whatever I charge the customers, what I get to keep, that's a different environment. And I think that, you know, um, there's and there's a lot of combinations of in-between as well. So there's it, a whole plethora of different options out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, text uh, number 81807. Here's one. Can you explain earnest money? Uh, the buyer backed out of home sale just before closing and thinks he's entitled to get the earnest money back. Will the seller win if the case goes to court? Well, first of all, you got to check out your purchase agreement. I mean, it states it in there. Um, you know, there's typically a, a financing date that you have to, for any reason after that, if you uh, don't qual- or buy the house, the earnest money is forfeited to the seller. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there's other statements. But the other part is, is that if there's earnest money that's, what a buyer will end up doing is refuse to sign cancellation papers, mm-hmm. you know, unless they get their earnest money back because at that time that's when it's decided. So so what happens then is that all of a sudden now you're you're stuck. You can't sell your house. You know, you'd have to have get that purchase agreement taken care of. So they kind of hold you hostage. And they can sometimes use what they call statutory cancellation where you go through the process of proving that there's, right. you know, they're just holding you hostage and you can basically release. It just takes time. So what I've told some of my sellers is this. Earnest money is, it used to mean something. Nowadays, in my opinion, unless it's what I call hard or if it's actual non-refundable, it doesn't mean as much as it used to. So if you are a seller that really wants to have what they call hard money or real uh, earnest money that's made no refunds of of any kind, you can put that into your agreement, but most people that are buying won't sign it. But you know what I'm saying? But it's it's something that you could negotiate. I, I think we got a new guest coming on our show. Maura Kohlers, uh, she's a sales manager at Beckettwood Co-op in Minneapolis. She actually let us know. She said regarding the co-op question, there's two types, limited equity and market value. Limited equity is the most common, uh, and make sure you know which kind you're buying. So right. she she should get a hold of us. I think she should. Yeah. We'll get her on the show. Because that, that is something that we don't know, and uh, we get a lot of questions on that. Mm-hmm. And we just ignore them. So we better have someone on that knows what they're doing. There's <laughs> another question about uh, real estate agents. Does an agent have to be bonded? And what if they have a criminal record? 
Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you have to be li- licensed with the state of Minnesota. So it's not bonded, it's licensed. Yeah, yeah, you got to be licensed. And then uh, we all have what's called errors and emissions insurance that covers us um, for, uh, you know, mistakes. So, um, and they're covered pretty good. They usually, usually, typically when there's a um, a case, so say a buyer is going after a seller because they didn't tell them that the septic system was bad, Usually the realtors get involved in that as well. They bring those into it because of our insurance. What about the question with the criminal record, though? Because that's what I was curious about. If you have a past history, I believe the state of Minnesota has the ability to reject your license because if you have a suspicious activity that you've done or you've been um, charged with, they will keep you out of the industry where you could harm consumers again. So I do know, I don't know the exact rules on that, but I do know that there are rules with that. So, you know, definitely check with the Department of Commerce if you have any questions. Another texter guy says, do realtors call you out of the blue and ask you if you want to sell your property? There's a lot of realtors that will do that. There's a lot of them that will come and knock on your door um, and do that. But, I mean, it's it's kind of a numbers game. You call 100 people, maybe someone says yes, and you get an opportunity to meet with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you look at the amount of impressions you have of ads per day, and people become numb to solicitations via email and text. So sometimes they do uh, do a little more guerrilla, boots-on-the-ground kind of approach. Uh, here's another tax. Boy, we had a lot of them today. Uh, we had my mother's four-bedroom home for sale for 90 days. It did not sell. What is the number one project to do to turn the house uh, the next round? I mean, just if that was just happen. on, it was not a very great 90 days uh, to be on. So it might be, um, you know, you might have to position it a little differently. Um, I always, I mean, decluttering. Mm-hmm. And cleaning. I mean, cleaning, cleaning. Now, I could ask a question like, how many showings did you have in those 90 days? Yep. What's that your could feedback? tell us a lot. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, did anyone come back for a second time? Well, it's the prettiest house at the best price it sells next. So if you are not the best conditioned house at the most attractive price, you're not going to sell next. Somebody else will. So sometimes if you overprice your house or you under uh, deliver your house, what will happen is you'll help sell the neighbor's house versus your own. Exactly right. There's a lot of houses out there that are just helping the other people. We have a couple of minutes to go, guys. Uh, I, for those maybe joined us a little bit late, we always ask you how the, the week was in real estate, and here it is, what three days before Christmas. Yeah, and you you have oh, a yeah. pretty positive attitude, at least about the previous week and upcoming. I'll tell you, it was a lot busier this time this year than it was last year. At mm-hmm. least that's what I recall. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It seems like it just keeps. I mean, just keeps going. I can't believe. We're in 2019 yeah. already. Yeah, it's crazy. It goes fast. Yeah, we're, we're guessing, though. I think we're not to be predictive, but we were a lot of our economists that we all read and study are, are shooting for a very similar to this year, next year environment. Um, the, there's no – the, people worry about stabilization in the marketplace or like are we free fall again? Are we going to you know, go off – are we bubbling? And the stats show that we're not because we have such a even-keeled, steady, good borrowers are coming into the marketplace, good deposits, there's good equities. All of those things usually make people go stale or they'll sit flat. If anything else, the market could stay slower, less sales because the people that have the houses with equity just don't want to sell them because they can't find what they like. So that's my fear. I like to see markets moving up or a little bit down. I hate to say it, but I mean, when markets are moving, then you have options. When they sit still sometimes, it really gets challenging to get people where they want to go. Is it, uh, Chris, uh, uh, like as I know you sell, you know, quote, higher-end type homes a lot, is there a good market for that? Has that been pretty strong? It's it's, it's interesting. I got one for a million. It's, I mean, under a million and a half, just barely under a million and a half. And we had two second showings and a third showing. 
you know, in the last, within the last two weeks. So, yeah, I mean, that's usually when th- those people have time, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's kind of the, the whole misnomer is that, oh, you got to have it, you know, on in the spring. And it's usually you got to know what buyer you're dealing with yep. and when they're looking. Well, and the three deals we wrote in the last two weeks here for new construction have all been 800000 plus. So oh. it's so the people with money are spending it, which is good, and keep the economy moving. Well, as we're going to move out of here to make <laughs> way for Dara. But in the meantime, if somebody wants to get a hold of you guys specifically, how do we do that? Uh, you can reach me at Prasky. That's P-R-A-S-K-Y dot com. Easy enough. Yeah, how about Chris, you? Chris Rooney or what do we say, Sam Elliott? Or Sam Elliott, Barry you White. sound like, or Barry White. Take your choice. Yeah, but we'll go with ChrisRooney.com. Right. He'll be signing his uh, 8x10s with whatever name you ask for. Uh, Merry Christmas, you guys. It's good Merry to Christmas. see you. I hope it's safe for you uh, this coming year as well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.